Okay, I want to have one more, one more prayer. Um, dear Lord, just speak through me. Lord, I'm not a, not a public speaker at all. I don't like it, but I just um, praise you for your using me where you've placed me and help me to um, just be a witness and to uh, just say what you want me to say, Lord, and to be who you want me to be. In your name, amen. Um, before we start, there's this, those of you that were not here for Sabbath school, and I don't know if it got shown or not, but this is the uh, the trailer to the documentary that uh, Adventist World Radio is making on our last trip to Ukraine. I think you're going to be back too late to be able to get a train to Kiev, so our best option is right now. Send me names. Right now? Yes. Okay, I'll call you back. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this awesome day. Lord, thanks for getting us all up bright and early to start this trip. We look forward to that day when you're coming soon. It's for this day in which we labor. So guide our footsteps today is our, our prayer in Jesus' name. Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak, and may the prayer of my heart always be. We're here specific just to give a message of hope. Be here to encourage you. Thank you, thank you. These are just earthen vessels. I was talking to my mom last night. Told her a couple stories. It says on the back of here, the blessed hope for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Even you. So that's that's supposed to be coming out in this month or next month. We're not sure. So if you wanted to be on a, a they're going to just send it out to churches that want to air it. So if you guys wanted to be a, a host and, and show it, like we'd love to send it to you guys. And we, our goal is to, we want to show it to as many non-Adventists as we can and just show that um, we have a hope. So um, we actually... Um, there were many missions that we've been contemplating and trying to go on, but we are so short on manpower and on funds. It's like, like we we we've been relying on God. Where to go? Where do we need? Where do you need us most? And um, when the 
Israel-Gaza war started on October 7, we were like, you know what, let's, let's, let's look at the doors of, of Israel. Maybe, maybe God is calling us there. And we called AWR, and they said, yes, we will give you 500 God pods. And I was like, amazing, thank you. We, and we were like, I'm, I said, I'm going to call Amazing Facts and see if they have any uh, great controversies that they would like to give us. Because I noticed once in a while they'll like get, send out a free book if you like send in a code. And I, their book was The Great Controversy, but it said The Rise and Fall of Jerusalem on the cover. And it was like very Israeli, had the, the, the five-star uh, star on the front. And I was like, man, this is, this is perfect. So I called them, and they originally said they would send me 5,000. I was like, wow. I was like, praise the Lord. And then I got a call, not from Doug Batchelor, but from somebody else that said, um, we're sorry, we are only going to send you 50 um, because it's, it's impossible. It's, it, and we knew this. We knew this, but we, were, we, we, we weren't verbalizing it to them. They said it's impossible to go and to take any literature into Israel. It's illegal. You could be arrested. Everything will be confiscated, and you cannot go. So, therefore, we're only going to send you 50. And we were like, oh, man, only 50. But we decided, you know what, 500 God pods, 50 uh, great controversies, that's still, that's good. That's what we need. We'll just go with that. And uh, I got a call from somebody else that said, hey, we have a bunch of uh, Arabic great controversies, Steps to Christ and New Testaments. Um, we'd like to send you as well. So, um, I uh, loaded up my bag full of books that was way over 50 pounds, and I went in faith. I only had, like, we all, I had to buy my own ticket, one-way ticket to Israel. I was like, I don't even have enough money to, like, ship a bag. And I went, and the lady, it was way overweight, and she looked at, at it, and she, she's like, it's overweight. You need to take some out. And I was like, there's no way I can take, like, 25 pounds, 30 pounds out of this bag. My backpack was already almost 70 pounds with books and literature. So I just put a few books in my backpack and said, I took some out. And she said, okay, it's good, and sent it through. Um, so then, and going into Israel is already um, closed to any foreign mission work, any literature. And especially after the war started, they were their security like tightened down super tight, and we had my I mean our bags were full of Arabic because our our Hebrew literature was still in was in Israel already, so we had tons of Arabic and they that that was that we knew that was going to be a red flag. Um, so we went. <laughs> For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. The evangelization of the world is the work that God has given to those who go forth in his name. They are to be co-laborers with Christ, revealing to those ready to perish his tender, pitying love. God calls for thousands to work for him, not by preaching to those who know the truth, going over and over the same ground, but by warning those who have never heard the last message of mercy. Work with a heart filled with earnest longing for souls. Do medical missionary work. Thus, you will gain access to the hearts of the people. The way will be prepared for more decided proclamation of the truth. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Everyone has a job. 
I have a job, you have a job. We, we are called to do that. And whatever the gift that God has given us, and I believe many of us have gifts. I know I, I feel like I don't have gifts that I'm still being told to do these things, and I don't like doing it. Like talking up front, I definitely do not like it. It's my least favorite thing to do. But for some reason, God keeps pushing me to do it. So I've been doing it. Um, um, so first, <laughs> we flew to Athens, and this, the Israelis met us in at our gate, escorted us down this other place, and it was like, we were like, what's going on? We were the only ones there. And the security was so tight, they were at, they were interrogated us for like two hours, and they held our plane for us this entire time. And um, we just, we've learned over the years, even though we, we mess up every time, but honesty in this situation and boldness with the three angels message is the key that has opened all these doors. So we just said, we have a message. We have three messages, and we told them. Three angels' message. This is what it is. This is what we're here to do, and this is what we're what we're doing. And we're here for the Palestinians as well. Okay, they'd say okay, and they'd open the door and they'd let us into this this place. And they said um, they separated us. They took our bags, and the guy comes in with rubber gloves, and he's like, "Did they explain to you what's going to happen?" And I said, "No, but I have a pretty good idea." And he said, "Well, they strip searched us hard, like very thoroughly." in Athens and like of course didn't find anything but it's like they all took they all took literature that we had and Israelis are they do not take literature they they're um, Jews do not if they will not touch the New Testament they won't even they don't believe in it they believe Jesus is a wizard all these things they're being told the Bible's too complex for them to understand they can't they have to have it interpreted to them by their rabbi which Sounds a lot like the Catholic Church in a way, um, but uh, they all took it. So after being strip searched, we glow tracked everybody up, and they never once um, they 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 did ask us. They said, "You have a lot of Arabic literature," and we said, "Yes, we're here for the for the Arabs and the Palestinians as well." And they just said, "Okay," and they put us on the plane. They said, "We held the plane for you," and good luck. And we were like, whoa, how did we make it into Israel with all this literature? And we're like, once we get to the airport, it is going to be so tight security. It's going to be impossible to try to go through. We walked off the plane and we just walked. We didn't even, I did, we didn't even make eye contact with anybody. And we just walked for the door um, out through the customs. And we just walked by everybody. We didn't stop. We didn't, we just went. And nobody stopped us, and we walked out. We got in our rental car, and we just, like, took a huge sigh of relief. We thought it was going to be so much worse. But I believe, like, it was either shift change, something was happening, and we just slipped through the cracks with all of these books and literature. Um, and we went and we stayed um, with, we actually we showed up a few days early because the God Pods, their headquarters is actually in Israel. So it was really cool to, we actually were waiting for them to give us the green light to come pick them up. And it was taking too long. So in the meantime, we, we uh, toured um, Jerusalem, which was really cool. 
just for a day and got to see Jerusalem and the Garden of Gethsemane and the Mount of Olives and those places. And then we went and spent Friday night um, with, uh, he's the only Adventist Hebrew pastor in Israel or in anywhere that is reaching the Hebrew-speaking people. And he is amazing. Him and his family are amazing. We stayed with them for many nights while we were there throughout the, the two weeks, two and a half weeks we were there. And uh, we, the way that they keep the Sabbath is just amazing. Like I wish we could, I could bring what we learned there and, and apply it because it's, it's a, such a joyful time. It starts Friday night and they like have potluck. They have a huge Vespers. It's, it's amazing. And I love it. It's, it's, it's really special. Um, but Sunday after church, uh, they actually, the whole church was like, we are doing a, a spa day for all, a whole bunch of Israeli soldiers. So um, we went up to the Sea of Galilee. You can actually, the Sea of Galilee is right back here. This, uh, this mountain and this valley right here is, I don't remember her name, but the Bible story where she pounded the stake through the king's head, the jail. This is, she did that right in this valley. So it's like, it's just so cool to like be in these places and hear the stories and be like, well, this is where this happened, you know? And it was really cool. So we actually, probably 60 soldiers came and they gave massages, like played music, had food, um, did health seminars and everything. It was an amazing, amazing time. And we got to witness to these guys and talk to them. Again, it's, it's very touchy. Like we could not, and we, we started out meek. We're like, we, we don't want to be, come across as we're handing out literature because we can be arrested. And um, over the, the week, over the days, we just got more and more bold and more bold. But starting out, we didn't, um, we didn't do a whole lot. We just were trying to um, feel things out which I regret, and I believe that we are called to be, um, to be Daniel, to be a Daniel, dare to be a Daniel, to have a purpose firm and to make it known, you know? But uh, the next Monday morning, we went and we, we went to the God Pod place where they manufacture them, and we actually um, asked if we could help, and we, they said, yes, we haven't even started on yours. So we spent a day, which... They said it normally takes five days, and in, in a day, they, they all stopped all their work, and they all helped us, and we unpackaged, labeled, loaded, repackaged, and relabeled all these God Pods, and it took us a day, but we got it all done in a day, and uh, we went. There they are. And this is Itamar. Again, we, I hate being on camera. I hate being in photos. I don't like it at all. But somebody heard about what we were doing, and this guy that heard about this is, is, not, an, is not even Christian. He's come on us uh, a few times, and he was like, he's open to, he's been doing Bible studies now weekly with us, but he's like, this, need, this story that you guys are doing needs to be told. And he actually hired this guy, this Israeli, very, he's, he's not Jewish, he's not Christian, he's just a very secular atheist guy that's uh, came along with us, and he wanted to film everything. So we don't know, we don't know where that footage is. We don't know what's going to happen with it. But um, he came with us, and we loaded up. There's, 
we had medical stuff. We had tons of Arabic literature and some kids' toys. And we just went, um, started looking for soldiers. We actually heard that down at the south, right along the Gaza Strip, that all the farmers were in desperate need of help. The cherry tomato was actually invented in Israel, which is really cool. And the cherry tomatoes are really good. But um, one thing that we most people don't don't know about October 7, when Hamas broke through, um, there's about 1,400 people that were killed, Israelis that were killed. Um, but that is not counting the foreign workers at these these greenhouses. And there's farms all along there where Hamas rounded them all up and, and executed every other one and then sent the rest home and said, tell your family this is what happens when you come to Israel. And those, those people are not numbered in there, but there were thousands that were killed. In this greenhouse that we were working in, it was so huge. I've never seen a, such a huge greenhouse, but there were only two of us, and there were originally 40 people working that greenhouse. And there was only two. We made it down like two rows in, in just one whole day of just pruning. That's all we did is just prune. And we just barely made it down a few rows. Um, but we went to the farmer who is like desperate for, for help. I mean, he, he sent his family to the north. And granted, we're, we're right here along the border. We can see Gaza. We can hear the rockets. We're kind of in the middle, which is kind of the safest place to be. The rockets are kind of going over us. And But the Iron Dome, while we were in there, I remember Brock was right here. But he's like, oh, listen, there's a fighter jet. And I was like, Brock, that's not a fighter jet. And right above us, boom, the Iron Dome took out a rocket that was headed right for the farm we were at. And the Iron Dome is, uh, it's not, some people think it's like this dome that's over Israel. No, it's just, it's just these satellites and these, these things that anything that comes into the airspace, they can pinpoint and take out with another rocket. So that's what was going on all day. We even we, we started out without our, our our armor on, but then over, as the day progressed, the rockets seemed to get closer and closer. So we we put on our vests and started pruning tomatoes like that. But we went and met the the owner of the farm and talked to him, and he was just like in tears. He said, "Thank you so much." And he said, "I said we we didn't do anything. Like we he has four greenhouses that same size, and." Um, we, we made it down like two or three rows. And he's like, you guys have done more for me than you could ever know. And, I mean, all the fruit's just falling off the plants. And um, the other thing, too, the farmer, you, we don't think about the farmers, but these heavy tanks, they just go wherever they want. They just drive over the fields that have just been planted. They break all the water lines. And now that farmer can't, he, he doesn't have any workers to harvest his, his oranges or his tomatoes or anything but now they're going to die anyway because they can't get any water. He has nobody to fix it, and his field is is ruined, you know. And uh, it was it was, and that was like thousands of farms in the area. But we went and we watched. This is actually the last town. Gaza is actually right over there, and you can see just the haze over Gaza, just constantly being bombed, constantly. And it's really it's really sad. We know like. Israel was relatively safe, you know, and the people in Gaza, they, they have nothing to shoot anything down. And it's just, there's this just evil force just taking out everything on both sides. You know, there's no, there's no right and there's no wrong, you know, there's just evil. And um, 
These were soldiers that were coming out of Gaza that we met, that we were, we just started becoming more bold. Here, this is for you. This is for you. And if it has the New Testament, Testament it's illegal. And um, on the back of the God pod, it says, um, the, it says music. We had uh, music. And then it said the Tanakh, which is uh, the law, which is the Old Testament. And then it said the New Testament. And then um, sermons. And we just were, gave it all to them. And it was really, really cool. People were so grateful. The, what we were so afraid of was not even, not even close to happening. But then we started driving um, towards Gaza, and we drove down this road, and it was dark, and I don't know what we were thinking, but God was, God was guiding us, and we were driving down this road, and we knew we were right on right next to Gaza, that we could see the fence, we could see everything, and as we, we were driving, our, we just were thinking, like we were, I have a video, the, um, I, I think I said in the video, I think, I said, look at all the eyes that are on us, we knew that we saw drones on us, we saw cameras, and we said, all the eyes are on us right now, and they said, I said, there's probably a, a legion of angels behind us right now, as we're driving down this road, and we we were halfway joking because we didn't know where we were we were just driving and as we we pulled up to this checkpoint and as soon as we pulled up like all these vehicles that had the people had been watching us all these like cop cars and like military vehicles all pulled up and get out with their guns and they're yelling at us and we're like what's going on and our our interpreters like yelling in in hebrew back and forth and Pretty soon they come up to us and they see who we are and they're like, we, and we have a little tiny rental like car that's packed full, like it's like riding on the on the ground, and this is like big on big letters like Avis rental car or something, and they like come up to us and the one of the guys spoke English and he looked at me and he said, you guys have no idea what you just did. He said you guys should not be alive. He said, we were watching you on the thermals up on the drone, and he said, you should have seen all of the fighters in Hamas that were all around the fence and everything watching you. And he said, you should have, that we, were, we didn't know what, what in the world, they, we thought that you were them because they weren't taking you out. He said, you guys, are, you guys don't know what's going, what, what you're doing. And I said, well, um, we would come all this way and God would send us here if it was for you. And I handed him a God pot. I said, this is for you. He turned it over and he looked at it and he said, the New Testament. I said, yes. He said, well, if it's this important, I guess I'll read it. And um, I gave it to the, we gave it to the rest of the guys and they said, thank you so much. They said, do not drive this close at night again. He said, it's, we, we could have shot you. And the, the, the chief or the commander was very upset. He's like, you guys have no idea. We don't, he doesn't want dead Americans on his watch. <laughs> but that was just after we left, we didn't like, we hardly talked. Like we were like, whoa, like we had no idea. And this is just like the same thing that happened in Ukraine. We were given these directions, why I believe angels to this road that led us to these soldiers that were desperate need of it. And we drove through the Russian line. We didn't even know it. We drove over landmines. We drove over, and they said, we were waiting for you to blow up, and you didn't blow up. And that, that was in Ukraine, and now here. And it's like this, this message, and I believe it's, it's not just any message. It's not just 
we love Jesus. It's not just, that's, everybody teaches that. All these, all these Christians teach that. What we teach and we, we have is this three angels message, and that is what we are called to share and to spread, and I believe that is what's opening the doors to these places. As we went, we, we were driving back, and like we were just like, like just thinking all to ourselves, like, what were we doing? And we passed this huge like party thing going on. There was like food and dancing, and we drove past it, and I was like, man, we need to go to that. We should turn around. We should turn around. And I just was like in my, like fighting this feeling, and finally, like 10 miles down the road, I said, we got to turn around. So we turned around, we drove back, we get out and we walk. There was like hundreds of people at this place, and it was just like, like so much confusion. Like we couldn't really hand it much out. So we were like waiting for, and we started talking to this one kid, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I had friends that were killed at the, the party um, in Berdy where the, the Hamas flew in and like killed a bunch of people. He said, I had friends killed there. He said, and he just brought up this like amazing question that was like, where does sin come from? He's like, this is just evil. This, or he said, where does evil come from? He's like, this is just, just pure evil. He's like, what's, what's going to happen with all this evil? And I said, well, I have a book for you. It's called The Great Controversy. And he said, really? I tried to give him a paper copy, and he's like, no, no, I don't want the paper copy. He looked it up online, and it took him right to the, right to the Ellen White estate. He said, this is the book? I said, yep, this is the book. He copied it, and he went to his Telegram following, and he's like, all my followers need to read this book. Boom. And he posted it. And I looked at his followers and his 22,000 followers. And how many, how many books would it, how many was Adip where was Amazing Facts going to give me 5,000? You know, I thought that was a ton. That was like a pallet of books. In, in one, one second, this guy shared 22,000, just like that. And because why? We turned around, we turned around. And, and followed that little, still, small voice of saying, no, go here, I have somebody for you to meet. The next day we went to an orange, yard, an orange vineyard that we had to have military escort into because it was so close to Gaza. And the only people that would work it were actually Palestinian people that were, would go in that close to Gaza and work. So we spent a good half of the day picking oranges with a bunch of Palestinians, and we were dressed as idea of soldiers because we went in with our ukrainian uniforms and it turns out that the exact same brand even is what the israeli soldiers wear so we literally matched israeli soldiers exactly but um it was amazing this was the leader of the palestinian group that was there they call them bedouins they're like they're shepherds pretty much and he was so excited to hear what we were there to do. He took every piece of literature we had, and he said, give me everything you have, and I will give it to my family and my community. And all the workers there were so happy to get some. It was really an amazing, amazing experience. And then we had this awesome idea. The, the owner of the place was so happy. He's like, take as many oranges as you want. And we're like, man, this is like a great way we can hand out oranges to people along with the Bible. Say, here's some food for your stomach and here's some food for your soul. And um, we, first group of soldiers, we come through, huge checkpoint, and the lady's like, no, you can't go in. We're like, well, she's like, but I'll call all the soldiers out here to you. So we're like, that's, that's all we need. That's easier for us. And all these soldiers come out so happy. I mean, you can, you can see the smiles on their faces 
of like so happy that we were there. They took, they, like he even has it and he has it turned on already listening to it, you know? And um, they all took oranges and then they all wanted pictures. And um, everybody told us what you're doing, like what, like all these like pastors and all these like amazing facts told us, you can't do it. It's illegal. You can't do it. But look, I mean, when we this started happening, I was like, we have to be bold to go forward and, and just watch the doors open. If, if God is calling us to be a Daniel or a Joseph or a David, we have to act for big things if we want big things. We can't, we can't just say, um, these guys, they don't know. People don't know that this is, this is what's happening over there, that these hearts are open. And if we would be willing to go, God is willing to open the door. And to shut the lion's mouths. But um, these soldiers we met, um, he's a, he was actually their medic. They had just come in from fighting, and they were all excited. They were telling me how many Hamas fighters they had killed that morning. They were all telling me. And I was just like, man, these, these guys need, need these so bad. And we just, we just said, hey, this is for you. Listen to it. And see what you think. And they, they would, they, they all took it, and they were so happy. We, and we didn't just walk up to them and say, "Here, this is for you. This is for you." We sat down with them and had lunch and talked to them for an hour and a half about life and about their families and about the things that happened and and how we agree and we disagree. And we're like, "Yeah, this is this is this is horrible." And then we we prayed with them and we talked to them and we we gave them these these literature and that that opened their hearts. It wasn't just a bunch of missionaries coming there to convert people. We were there to, to help. And they told us, you should, we sh- you should go down this uh, um, one place. Uh, we had met this one soldier that he's like, um, my brother has a, is like commander of this one, one area. So we were trying to find it, and we put in the directions, and it took us down this one road right next to Gaza, and then this other road that went like three hours around, and we're like, well, we should probably take the other way. And we were like, oh, this way they're not going to let us through. And our, our driver now, after being with us for a week, is like, he's like, you guys seem to pray, and the doors just open. He said, why don't we pray, and let's just go this way. And we're like, oh, man, like, we're, we have little faith. And we're like, absolutely, so we prayed, and we felt impressed. We're like, let's go. So we pulled up to this checkpoint right here, and this is actually Egypt. We are actually on the border because of right along Gaza, and then it paralleled and went right along Egypt. And they said, what are you here for? And we said, oh, here's some oranges, and here's a Bible. And they're like, okay. And they opened the gate, and they waved us through in our little rental car. And we drove for 30 kilometers on this road, and... Our photographer, being a photographer, like made a stop, reposition, and like get pictures of like trucks on the other side, like fighting and all this stuff. And he's like, he and he was just like, we were finally like, there's cameras like every fifty, like you can see, like there's a camera, there's a camera, like there's just cameras like every fifty yards, boom, 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 boom. There were drones up in the air watching, and I was like, I guarantee you, we're probably not supposed to be on this road. Like we need to keep moving. And we, we just kept, we kept going, and we get to this checkpoint, and the people, the, the checkpoint weren't even there. We had to wait. And they came, and they're like, where, why are you here? We, how did you get here? 
And we told them and they said, they were just shocked. And we gave them the Bible and they opened the door and they let us in. And um, we drove up and we, we actually ended up meeting the commander of the, the whole area. And he said, he said where, where did you guys come in from? And we told him and he said, well, no, you didn't. He said, that's impossible. He said, I'm not even allowed on that road. <laughs> and we were like, well, he, he, he didn't believe us. We had to literally get footage from the camera and show him. And he was like, wow. He said, nobody is allowed on that road without air support. And he said, I don't know how, how this is possible. And we said, we do. We have a message for you. And again, we went with the three angels message straight first and told him and gave him the Bible. And he said, wow. He said, yes. He's like, you need to go meet this, this, this battalion of girls. Their job is to watch that road. You guys need to go talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we drove up to this uh, battalion of girls. And you can see there's the road that we drove on along the fence. This is their, like, their station where they, they watch. with. They were the ones watching the cameras and the drones. And we just talked with them. We told them stories. We, we just played with them. We hung out. We, we, we brought a sling, and we were like sling, teaching them how to like sling oranges and, and just um, had a good time and told them what we were there to do, gave them the Bibles, gave them steps to Christ. And then we had like a good two-hour conversation about the Three Angels message with them. And then this was the, actually the first night of Hanukkah, and they lit the Hanukkah candles with us, and like it was really, really fun experience to just be a part of their culture and to see what they do, and they were so happy. And um, as we were getting ready uh, to leave, we actually didn't know where we were going to stay that night. We were like, we might just end up sleeping in the car. And they actually found us a place to, to stay at an abandoned house, and um, as we were getting ready to leave, um, I noticed there, because there was always two or three people watching the cameras, and there's this little hut that they had that was like back in here, and there was a, always a, there was a drone. You can even see it right back there. It's a huge drone, like huge, like this big, that um, was always in the air. There was always one in the air. And I noticed this, and I before we left, I said, "Hey, did you uh, um, did you guys see us?" They're like, "Well, where did you come from?" And I told them on that road, and they said, "No, you didn't come on that road." I said, "Yeah, we came on that road." They said, "No, you didn't." They said, "We have been." They, I was actually watching them zoom in on people on the other side of the fence that were picking up sticks, like in their backyard, on, on this camera, and. Um, they said, we have watched everything that has happened, and we did not see you. And I said, really? They said, yes. They even went and looked back at all their footage, and they never found us in the, on that road coming through. And that even like opened their hearts even more to like our mission and what we were there to do. And then we drove, and we, we decided to just keep making big circles around that area close to Gaza, to soldiers, and these these guys were actually firing shells in like constantly. Like I have, I have audio recording that's just like deafening, just boom, boom, boom. And as we're talking with these these soldiers, um, like it was just amazing. Everywhere we went, everyone was like, "Are you evangelical?" We're like, "No, we're not." They said, "Well, what are you?" I said, "We keep the Sabbath. We're Seventh Day Adventists." 
And they would say, well, what do you believe differently? And we would go right into the three angels' message, and they would just be glued to us listening. And it was, it was really, really cool. Um, this is the, one of the checkpoints, the soldiers that we met. So then we turn down this dirt road, and then we get a phone call that they want to come replace our rental car. And we're like, oh, like we don't, we don't need to replace a rental car. They said, no, we'll give you one that's, that's four-wheel drive. Like, okay, cool, thank you. They literally came and met us, and then we drove 100 yards. We, we transferred all our stuff into that other car. We drove 100 yards, and the road turned to this. And we're like, whoa, this is, this is why God sent us another rental car. We didn't even ask for another rental car, you know? And we, God just stopped us. We, he stopped us for lunch. We, like, had a nice lunch, listened to the explosions, and... Um, sent us a new rental car. And we, we barely made it through this and that. And there's no way we would have made it in our other one. <coughs> um, this is where the party happened. There was like 350 people that were killed at that party, including several um, that one of the girls at that checkpoint that was like the security checkpoint or the where they were watching the road um, her best friend uh, was was there, and he, he took thirty people into a little bus, a little bus stop, and he packed everybody in first, and he stood out front, and in the little, it's like a Z going in, so they couldn't come into him, but they were throwing grenades in, and eight times they threw, they would throw a grenade in, and he would take it and he would throw it out, and the eighth one killed him, but um, out of the thirty people that were in that bus stop, seven of them survived. And they, they give him the credit because, because of that. And she was just in tears. That was her best friend. And um, we told her, we said, well, there's a, there's a uh, in, in John 15, 13, it says, no greater love hath no man than this than to lay down his life for his friend. And that's what he did. And she was like, where is this found? And we, we explained it to her in the New Testament. And she was just, she was blown away. And she was like, this is, this is, this is what he did. And they said, but he's not the only one that did that for you. You know, we told her, we told her all these other stories of, of people that have given their lives for their friends, including Jesus. There's a copy, I don't even see it, but that's the book that uh, um, Amazing Facts gave us. But we handed out everything we had. Um, we were actually, our again, our camera guy, we were desperately trying to find a way into Gaza because we were there not only for the Israeli soldiers, but we were also there for the Palestinians. And um, we were asking everybody we knew, can you take us into Gaza? Oh, yes, we'll take you. And they would, they would take us as far as they could, and then they would say the, the checkpoint or the, their commander would not allow us any further. So we just kept getting turned around. Um, and then we met our, inter- our, our guide, called us over and he said, hey, I found somebody, a general, that will take you farther than you've ever been yet. All the way to the fence, at the closest of the fighting, he said, there's soldiers there, they're taking food too. They just came out of the fighting. So we went with him right next to the fence. We were right there and these guys, we came up, we took food to them, we took supplies, we took medical supplies and then we took uh, these God pods and we just immediately they said, what are these? And they said, how much are they? I said, they're free. It's a gift. And these things are like $50 a piece. 
And when we gave, when we, when they found out they were free, everybody wanted one and they immediately started listening to it. And they, they, we turned them all around and showed them it has the new Testament. And then, um, they said, why are you here? Why are you here? And you can see like how happy these guys are. And, um, they asked, why are you here? And then our, our guy comes over and he's like, we were there for maybe like 30 minutes. We put like tourniquets on people. Like it was like, it was fun. Like we were teaching these guys how to do, do some medical um, stuff. And, and then our, our driver comes up, we have to go right now. And right then the guy's like, hey, like, why are you here? Like, wh- what, what is the real reason? And we said, well, we have three messages to tell you. And like, we had two minutes, and we told these guys the three angels' message in two minutes, and we were just like, the first message points us to, to Sabbath, points us to, to Shabbat. And they said, oh, yes, that makes perfect sense. Why, why, why Sabbath? And we're like, because God created you. Points us to our creator. And they're like, well, what's the other message? And we were like, well, it points to a, a counterfeit, a counterfeit. It says the, the systems of man have fallen, like Hamas. Hamas is a system of man, a joint operation of church and state that has fallen. And they said, yes, that makes perfect sense. What's the third message? And we're like, well, the third message is don't choose the, the systems of man. Choose the systems of God. And they're like, they're like we, they said, is this the mark? What is the mark? And we're like, God wants to give you his mark. Follow his law and his creation. And they said, wow. And they said, what? This is urgent. We said, yes, time is running out. And these guys just started clapping. And we got hugs. We got like, and then they're like, you have to go. You have to go. And um, they, they, there's putting tourniquet on them. And so in two minutes, we felt like, man, we, we like butchered the three angels message in like two minutes with these guys. Here's these guys. And this was, a, this was a whole unit, but these were the guys that we got pictures with. Um, and then I got a, we left. And the next day I got, a, I got a text from one of the soldiers that said, thank you guys so much for coming. And he said, um, after you left, we were all sent in and eight of our team was killed. And that shows you the urgency of this message. How urgent is this message that needs to go out to these guys, to the people that are perishing, you know, these, these guys had two minutes to learn this message that we have, that we are supposed to be sharing to all people, and that was the last message that they ever got. You know? Eight of these guys were killed. And they're all, they're all younger than us. Like, I, I'm like, I'm 25, and I was like, they're all 19 to 22, these guys. And that, that's just a fraction. Like, we just, like, just a few people that we met while we were there. Like, we hardly made a dent in anywhere we went. And we just sat back and just, like, when I heard that, I was just like, man. Like, we need, <coughs> we need more. We need more people. We, need, we could be here for months and months and months doing this. You know, and we would. We would. But the, the, what's holding us back is, is just, like, like Ellen White said, is money is a value only. For what? To, to further the work of God. You know? And sometimes, like, even myself, like, I get, I get boggled up. Oh, we can't, we can't go. We can't go. We can't stay any longer. We can't afford it. But we need to be putting the same faith and the trust in God that, yes, we can. And he will provide. 
you know, and that's my, my family, my wife and kids, we're, 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 we're going to go. Like our plan is we're going to go and do this stuff full time. We've, we've even um, quit our job. We've done everything to do this. And the Lord is opening doors. It's amazing. But this is, a, uh, this is looking out the back door of where we stayed. And that's Bethany. This is where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But um, what people don't realize is Israel and Palestine is all mixed together. Um, Israel, so this is east, this is west, the west bank of Jerusalem. And there's actually a sign, a big red sign going into the city that says, if you are Israeli and you enter this city, it is very dangerous for you and you could be killed. But the Palestinians can come and go into the Israeli side of the city at any time they want. And it just shows you how, how different. It's not just Gaza and Israel. It's the whole country is in turmoil. But there's more. We, we again went back on Sunday morning. This was a Friday night. We spent Sabbath again in uh, Jerusalem with that family. And then we went back to the Gaza Strip early Sunday morning. And we just, we just talked with soldiers. Anybody that was going in, we met a whole medical team that was going in. And uh, they said, we'll take you in. And we're like, oh, yes, we'd love to go. And they said, well, we need to check with our... And of course, we could not go unless we enlisted with the Israeli Defense Force, which we did not want to do. But they, they looked at us and they saw where we had been and they said, do you guys have guns? We said, no, we don't, we don't have any guns. I said, you don't have guns and you're doing what you're doing? We said, yes. And they, 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 it was just mind-boggling to them. They couldn't understand that, that, that we would go there without anything. And they said, we would just explain to them, our weapons are not of this world. You know, they're in, they're in, this, in this little device that we are giving you. And here's this unit of uh, soldiers, this medical team, that they were like the rescue team. They would go in, ex- extract the wounded, and come out. And they said earlier that morning, they were in there getting somebody out, and an ambulance showed up, a Palestinian ambulance, and they thought they were there to help, and it was a bunch of Hamas that jumped out and tried to kill them with rockets. Um, and then we, we literally ran completely out of God pods. We were like, man, we blew through 500 in, in two and a half weeks. We are like, man, we, we should have, I wish we had 1,000. I wish we had 10,000. We just barely made a dent. And we still, we still had all this Arabic literature. And we're like, Lord, you, we have all this Arabic literature. What are we going to do with this? So we just started driving, and we actually needed gas. And I put in a gas station, and this is where the gas station said it was. And I was like, huh. And Brock's like, we got to turn around. This is not good. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, God has led us here. Like, there's somebody here. We started driving around, and we met. Uh, we, we, we parked, and we're like, what do we do? And I noticed this, like, guy in this truck just, like, eyeing us. I'm like, we're being watched. Somebody's watching us. And this Palestinian guy comes over, drives over, and he's, like, um, he looks very, like, like he's, I wouldn't say, like, um, wounded but like it's like old old wounds like he's like all scarred up and his eyes pretty much shut he can hardly see and i don't know how he's driving but um he comes over and he's like trying to figure out what we're doing there and he's offering to help and we offer him oranges and he's just so grateful for the oranges and then um we gave him a great great controversy in in arabic and he he opened it up and he looked at it and he just started reading and then he looked at me 
And he shook my hand, and he was, like, so grateful. He's like, thank you so much. And he went and sat in his truck and immediately started reading The Great Controversy. And it's like, man, God, would God put a gas station in the middle of the desert for, for us to, like, drive all over on, like, we had no gas. We were like, I don't know if we'll make it to the next one. But we did. We made it to the next gas station. And then we started driving. We drove through Jericho. We drove through around the Dead Sea. And then we started down the, the Samaritan Road, which is the story of, like, the Good Samaritan. And we drove down this road, and we noticed this whole, like, community of, like, Arabic Bedouins, as they call them. And this whole community was just, like, shepherds. They're just flocks and out in the, in the hills. And we pulled in, and we just, like, there was, like, 40 kids in this whole community. And we just, like, gave all the kids glow sticks and, like, stickers and stuffed animals and cars and toys and a soccer ball, played with them. And then we just sat with this, this Arabic family for like two hours and just talked with them through Google Translate and um, told them what we were there to do. We were there to help, and we have, we have specific messages for you, for you. And we would just start explaining what these are, and we would, um, they gave us tea, and they were so happy that we were there. And um, then at the end, I said, we have, we have a, a gift for you. We gave them a, a book. Um, we gave them the great, the, we, well, we gave them the Steps to Christ, and they just all passed it around and looked at it, and then they passed it to this one kid, and he, the kid said, nobody can read. And we're like, oh, no, but he's like, but I can read. And he opened it up, and he started reading the first chapter of the Steps to Christ, and they all just, like, everybody just crowded around him immediately as soon as he started reading. And it was like, man, like, this, this is, like, going to change this whole community. And then after he read the first chapter, he comes over, and he's like, they want to know if you have any more books. And we said, yes, we gave him the great controversy. We gave him an Arabic Bible. We gave him the book of John. We gave everybody as much as they wanted. And uh, they were just like, he said, thank you so much. He said, we will be reading all of these books. And, I mean, God puts us in little places to do big things that we never thought possible. And this was one of those things. Like, like, like that guy sharing 22,000 great controversies. This, now, now God multiplied the Arabic great controversy to everybody to hear it. That not only every, nobody could read, they couldn't understand what they couldn't. They just heard what people tell them, and now they can learn for themselves. And they were so happy for that. And there he is. He's actually just opened it up and started reading. That's the kid that can read. And there he's holding the great controversy at the end. He's like, "This is awesome." I read that one. Okay. Um, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And... um, when we left uh, Israel, we left with literally nothing. Like, I had enough money to get a ticket to Macedonia, North Macedonia, which is like another country at war, or Kosovo, actually. Another country at war that I didn't even, like, realize was at war until I got there. Um, Brock was able to have money to go home right away, but I was stuck in Kosovo for, like, three days, waiting for money to show up for me to go home. <laughs> 
And while I was there, I ended up meeting a, a Muslim, because they're all Muslim, and they're all Albanian. And I met this Muslim guy that was running this little hotel. And um, he just asked like what, what I was doing there, and I, I gave him a great controversy, and he, he looked at it, and he, he spoke English, and I gave him a God pod, an English God pod, because I had one left, or two left. And I gave him one, and um, he was just like, uh, thank you so much. He's like, I'm going to read this. And I knew, like, man, I was, maybe God delayed my whole, my whole trip home just for this guy. And then the taxi ride from there to the airport, my driver was asking these same questions about what I'm doing there. And again, I told him, and he also got more literature, and he took everything I had. And I was like, man, this is why my, my plane or my trip was delayed even more. My wife was not happy. But um, when I finally did, and it was, like, it was a long, long trip home finally, but when I finally got to Chicago, I went to uh, check my, my uh, bag in to fly it um, to Ironwood. And the girl that was checking me in was Muslim, and I noticed her necklace was uh, the shape of Palestine. And I was like, are you Palestinian? And I, again, my only clean clothes were my clothes that I had washed, but they were from, they're my like IDF uniform. was what. So I looked like an Israeli soldier. I even had like Israeli patches that we had traded. And um, she's like, are you an Israeli soldier? And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm just here, there to help. And she's like, really? I talked a little bit about it. And I was like, oh, should I give her a, a, some literature? And I was like, oh, I, it's all in my bag. Like, I'm not, I, it's, it's, it's too hard to get to. And I walked away. I was like, and then I go through security. And I was like, man, I should have, like, I was like, Lord, please forgive me. Like, if you want me to go back, I'll go back. Just give me another chance. And as I'm sitting down there, my plane is delayed. And I look over, and the person that's telling that the plane is delayed is that little Palestinian girl. In a, um, and she's like, I will be... Um, checking everybody in for their, this flight. So now my plane was delayed, and I got to talk with her for like 45 minutes, and I gave her everything I had, every piece of literature, everything in Arabic, and she was just like, she looked at it, and she said, is this what you're giving to, is this what you gave to all the Palestinians? And I said, yes. And she said, this talks about Jesus. I said, I know. And she said, well, she's like, I've never read about Jesus. I was like, well, maybe you should start. She said, I think I will. And like, in just in that moment, like my weakness of like, I'm not going to give this person something. I mean, after I walked away, I was like, why did I walk away? Why did I walk away? But God works through that, you know, and, and he can use that even when in my weakness, he is made strong. And it was, it was, it was just an amazing opportunity to reach her again. And when I told her that, I was like, I prayed for, to be able to talk to you again. And she said, really? I was like, yeah. And she was just like, she's like, wow. She was just all excited. But we are not to wait for souls to come to us. We must seek them out where they are. When the word has been preached in the pulpit, the work has just begun. There are multitudes who will never be reached by the gospel unless it is carried to them. The gospel commission is the great missionary charter of Christ's kingdom. The disciples were to work earnestly for souls, giving to all the invitation of mercy. They were not to wait for the people to come to them. They were to go to the people with their message. In a special sense, Seventh-day Adventists have been set 
in the world as watchmen and light bearers. To them has been entrusted the last warning for a perishing world. On them is shining wonderful light from the word of God. They have been given a work of the most solemn importance, the proclamation of the first, second, and third angel's messages. There is no other work of so great importance. They are to, they are to allow nothing else to absorb their attention. The most solemn truths ever entrusted to mortals have been given to us to proclaim to the world. The proclamation of these truths is to be our work. The world is to be warned, and God's people are to be the true are to be true to the truest to the trust committed to them. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. When this work shall be accomplished, the followers of Christ shall be ready for his appearing. And that's what we're waiting for. And this is my uh, call to you guys. Dare to be a Daniel. And when I was talking about daring to be a Daniel, if we want big and amazing things to happen, God is willing to do that. He's just as willing to do that as in, his, his, in us as he did his disciples. But Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel could have prayed in his closet. The other men could have knelt down to tie their shoe. But when that music played and those three Hebrews stood, stood tall, and the king even gave them a second chance, and they said, no, we don't need a second chance. We know whom we have believed, and he is able to keep us. You know, And if, if that was a death sentence, that was a death sentence to, the, to, the, to be burned alive. But yet they stood for the right. And they stood up with the message that they had. And we have that same call and that same message. And if we want Jesus in the fire with us, and we want to see these miracles, we, we want to see the, the lion's mouth shut, we want to see the giants fall, we have to be willing to stand against it. And I believe that even, if, for example, if we decided to go to North Korea and to proclaim this three angels message. If, you, if we showed up with any Christian literature, it's 15 years in a labor work camp. But if we, if we showed up, could God, could God shut the lion's mouth? But, but, how will we know if we don't go? You know, we don't. It's the same and the same concept with our neighbors. How will we know if we don't go knock on the door? You know, no man, the door has opened that no man can shut. You know, and that is, the, that is this three angels' message. And this picture is really cool and amazing. The inscription is ready for either. There's an altar and a plow. You know, and The altar represents the sacrifice, and the plow represents the harvest and the, 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 the farming work. This is the position of the true child of God, willing to go where duty calls, to deny self, to sacrifice for the Redeemer's cause. Our job is to be that ox, ready for either, ready to sacrifice our lives to give God glory and for his, his coming, or ready to go to the mission field, whatever he's calling us to do. Okay. Let's have a, a word of prayer. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for the opportunity to come and to speak here and to, to hopefully inspire, inspire souls to reach other souls for you. Lord, that our goal in heaven 
is one more. If our goal is a soul, Lord, we can't, we can't fail. And Lord, we just ask that you help us work through us to reach as many people for this, this last uh, conflict that's coming. Lord, we know this three angels' message is, is um, the message that has been entrusted to us for this time. It is the message for the hour. Lord, and um, just help us. Help us to, to, to be bold and to spread this message with all our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I also wanted to say, we, um, my family and me have decided we're, we're going to, um, we actually quit our job. Like, I, I actually was doing pretty good working cutting trees. I had a tree business. And one, one day I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I want to do this full time. This is what I want to do. If you're calling me to this, shut the doors for work. The next morning, I got a call all my, from all the people that I had lined up, and they, they canceled. And then I got a call from the city, and the city told me I cannot dump any brush anymore at the city dump. And I have not gotten a call for work since, and this was back in September. And we have been, and the devil's working very hard with our families, with our marriage, with, with our work, with our families, everything. And I believe it's because we are making the decision to do this full time. And um, we've actually finally, we've, we've had on our hearts a call and a, a, a message for the Arabic-speaking people. So we'd really like to figure out a way to go to Iraq and uh, to do this. Um, but in the meantime, we actually, the doors have opened for Tanzania. So we're actually um, going into this hopefully in... November this, this coming year, we're, if we can raise money, go to Tanzania. And um, there's, a, there's no orphanage, there's no Adventist church, there's no nothing. And we're just going to do what we can for as long as we can, as long as the doors open. And also the doors have opened for Syria in October as well. And my goal is to go into, we'll actually go into Iraq and then go in with another aid organization into Syria. And they've, actually, they've said no literature, but I fully believe that is the key in, and I'm going to be taking as much as I can carry. Um, but my hope and, and prayer is that everyone here will use their family, and I wanted to read one little uh, quote that I read this morning that really hit me pretty hard, but it says, of families and of individuals, the question is asked, why are you here? In many churches, there are families well instructed in the truths of God's word who might widen the sphere of their influence by moving to a place in need of the ministry they are capable of giving. God calls for Christian families to go to the darkest places of the earth and work wisely and perseveringly for those who are enshrouded in spiritual gloom. To answer this call requires self-sacrifice. While many are waiting to have every obstacle removed, souls are dying without hope and without God. For the sake of worldly advantage, for the sake of acquiring scientific knowledge, men are willing to venture into pestilential regions and to endure hardship. Where are those who are willing to do as much for the sake of telling others of the Savior? So that inspired me and confirmed my commitment of what we're doing in our family. And I just want to ask that you all keep us in your prayers as we go down this road because it's, it's really, really hard and difficult to go. And but the, 
the reward definitely outweighs the risk. So thank you guys. Dylan, we thank you for inspiring and challenging us. Um, I pray that we each will remember him and his family and take the challenge he's given us to heart.